For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Don't adjust that dial, because you're listening to Summer of Love 4, Time for Love, a special podcast event from two chums and a hug. We've got time for love, if we make it, nothing can stop us, or break it, passion soars on wings like eagles, seen from above. That we have left this time I think it's time for love Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk My name is Jordan Wonders And this week I am your hunk I'm Doge And trust me, she looked weird Her legs looked heavy, really She must be retaining chunk That's good, <laughs> That's good. It, was hard to not, it was hard and... to not make it Ray Romano Anyway, sorry, Carter, go ahead <laughs> It was almost Ray for me, I think it would just, I'm just, uh, what's his character in Princess Bride? It's hard Miracle just to Max. not be. Oh, <laughs> Ma- Miracle Max. Miracle yeah. Max, yeah. He said I'm to Carter, brave, <laughs> which means to laugh. I'm Carter, and I'll have chunks she's having. Mm. Uh, that sounds mm-hmm. nasty. Hey, Jordan, why are you the hunk? That's almost worse. I'm the hunk because it's time for love. It's time to watch movies about love. It's time to be in love. And I am and have been for many a year. Uh, I'm in love. <laughs> I don't care who knows it. Actually, I care very much. I want everyone to know it. Tomorrow, as of as the crow flies, where we are recording this, tomorrow, Saturday, is my five-year marriage anniversary. I've been married for five years tomorrow to my wife, Callie, and she's great. She's the best. Uh, big fan over here uh, of Callie. Uh, five years of marriage. It's crazy. It feels uh, like we've been married our whole lives and for like two seconds at the same time. Does she so know? It's pretty awesome. No, I can't wait to tell her. I think I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, that's going to blow tomorrow, her mind. Tomorrow feels, like, she finds out. tomorrow feels like a good time to let her know that we got wow. secretly married without hey, her. Hey, we're married. That's hey, wild. I don't know if you knew this or not, but we're actually married. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Perfect excited. timing, man. Yeah, I know. I, that's the only reason I planned this series is so I could do this. That's the reason I'm, you I'm got married five years ago. Yeah, I knew we were going to do this, and uh, it just feels like the right time to be married. Is it so weird to I think, think that the Time for Love series on our podcast has existed for like the majority of your marriage? I know. What's even weirder is that I've been married for over half my life at this point. <laughs> that is you are wild nine. to me. You are nine. nine. That You're is the world's wild biggest nine-year-old boy. Nine, nine and a half gonna be ten in six months. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more important love to talk about today. Mm. 
between two people, between two friends who are destined to be more. I'm talking the love shared by our titular characters in the film that is the second film in our Summer of Love, colon, Time for Love series called When Harry Met Sally. Boy. Doge, you were just very far from the mic. I was waiting for you to get into position, and then you jumped the gun and started I'm ready. I'm ready. It was just, it felt like we would never get to the title of that movie. Kind of felt the speed wobbles a little bit going down that big hill in our longboard. Well, much like Rob Reiner loves to sit and marinate in the beautiful tension of love, I like to sit and marinate in the beautiful tension of will they ever say the name of this movie. Now, what I need, though... um, much like Harry and Sally desperately need companionship, friendship, and love, I need a synopsis so we can get this pop. Dosh? This week's synopsis has no author. Springing fully formed from the head of Zeus, as Athena does in the ancient myths. Athena is the goddess of wisdom, and this synopsis is very straightforward. It's just the facts, ma'am. I love it. Let us know. So you guys were curious about When Harry Met Sally? I'll tell you everything about it factually. Rob Reiner's romantic comedy, When Harry Met Sally, stars Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan as the title pair. The film opens with the two strangers, both newly graduated from the University of Chicago, share a car trip from Chicago to New York, where they are both going to make their way. During the trip, they discuss aspects of their characters and their lives, eventually deciding it is impossible for men and women to be, quote, just friends. They arrive in New York and go their separate ways. They meet a few years later on an airplane, and Harry reveals he is married. They meet again at a bookstore a few years after that, where Harry reveals he is now divorced. From that point on, the two form a friendship. Eventually, their closeness results in their respective best friends, played by Carrie Bradshaw and Bruno Kirby, meeting and falling in love with each other. At a New Year's Eve party, Harry and Sally confront the complex triangle of emotions they feel for each other. It does, it does actually say complex tangle of emotions. I just am not wearing glasses or contacts, but they do uh, feel a triangle of emotions as well. Does it say, Car- sorry, did you just say Carrie Bradshaw? Did I? Respective best friends, played by Carrie Bradshaw and Bruno Kirby. Is that what Car- it says? It says Carrie Fisher. Did I say Carrie Bradshaw? You said oh, Carrie Bradshaw. Which Guys, I I'm not sure Bradshaw. Are you watching Sex in the City right now? I am not allowed to <laughs> podcast without my optical enhancements anymore. No glasses or contacts today, so it's just Stop. everything's sort of a blur. Stop it. Are you watching yeah. Sex in the City right now? No, I'm not. Where did you pull Carrie Bradshaw from? I don't know. I don't know, man. I really... Listen, it makes sense. It's Carrie Bradshaw. You know, we're in... <laughs> it's Carrie Bradshaw, I mean. It makes sense, dude. We're in New York. There's a Carrie here. Yeah. Did I really it's say Carrie love. Bradshaw? I said Carrie Bradshaw, one hundred. I don't think oh, I heard that. Heard. It even took it even took me a second. Like my brain was like, yeah, no. Like it took me just a minute. You said That's Carrie Bradshaw. Wild. That's in, a total disassociative moment then, because I have, no, <laughs> I maybe have never said <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw out loud until I accidentally said it a couple of minutes. Carrie ago. Bradshaw is Sarah Jessica Parker's main character. Yeah. In oh, Sex I, in the I know. City. We know. Yeah. That. No, I know. Starring Billy Eilish, Meg Griffin, and Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) Meg Griffin. I couldn't think of another famous Meg. The Meg, the big shark from Jason Statham's Mortal Enemy. (laughs) Carrie Bradshaw, man. That's funny. Wow. I'm the only member of this crew that is older than this movie. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. And it's barely. (laughs) 
Had so you, were you had just you like, why are we watching before? this kids movie? I had not seen this movie, and I, I was hadn't either. It. I was surprised because when Harry met Sally, uh, I had thought, and it was confirmed when doing some research about the movie, is very consistently considered one of the top, yeah, uh, romantic comedies of all time. Yeah. Can I can I explain my journey to this real quick? Yeah. So I I missed a lot of rom coms growing up. It's just not something my like rom coms aren't something my family and I watched together. Um, probably a mixture of disinterest of a young teenage boy in romantic comedies and a mixture of like a lot of them are like quote unquote inappropriate for whatever reason. And so sure. my parents didn't want to watch them with me. So I missed a lot of these growing up. Um, and then as I got older, the ones that I tended to watch were ones that people around me really liked. And so they tended to be newer. Then two summers ago, we watched Sleepless in Seattle, the Meg Ryan vehicle, and I didn't particularly care for it. And I was pretty bored by it. And so I have just never been um, motivated to go catch up on Meg's uh, filmography on her IMDb back catalog. And let me tell you something. When Harry Met Sally could not have been a more different experience for me personally. Oh, from cool. Sleepless in Seattle. Cool. I, where, where in Sleepless in Seattle, I watched Meg Ryan and I was like, don't get it. Don't get the hype. I thought she was pretty flat. Um, I, in as Sally Albright, Harry Albright, which one is it? Sally Albright. Sally Albright. Sally Albright. As Sally Albright, I found Meg Ryan charming. I found her funny. I found her likable. I get it. I get why Meg Ryan was considered the rom-com queen now, having yeah. watched this movie. Yeah. Um, she is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and so is Billy Crystal, who just doesn't strike me as a romantic lead. <laughs> and yeah. he's so good. Yeah, yeah, these these Nora Ephron movies. So Nora Ephron is the writer. Yeah. Of she directed Sleepless in Seattle too. When Harry Met Sally. Uh -huh. But she wrote writer both director of, of. But yeah, also also wrote. So Sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail. So Meg Ryan is somewhat of her muse, and then she just pulls. Because uh, even when Tom Hanks, you know, Tom Hanks hasn't done a ton of rom coms, and yeah. really, it, it, probably the only ones that are pure rom com are those two that he has. With Meg Ryan, and so she does. Yeah, and Captain uh, Phillips. Yeah, and Captain Phillips. So we do tend to uh, have these leads that don't seem like the normal. What's funny though is we we maybe we shouldn't call it normal because they were normal back then. The lead sure. to have someone like that. I thought this yeah. is the best Meg Ryan's been mm -hmm. personally. And yeah. it was in this movie, I and this was honestly agree. the first. This was 1989. Then you would have Sleepless in 93, and you've got Mail in 98. Mm. Yeah. And so almost a decade of her popping in and out of the rom-com scene, and I think her first was her best in this yeah. sense. I mean, the, so I'll just get right to it. My super pump is both of them. My super pump is Billy Crystal and <gasps> Meg Ryan um, hey. as like the romantic duo. They're just, Me too. They're unbelievable, man. Their chemistry yeah. is through the roof. I get it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to talk about very positively here, I think, in this movie. But for, as far as they go, like in any romantic movie, it only works if your leads work. And yeah. they are just so good. Um, their chemistry with each other, both of them have great comedic timing. She is great as this sort of, um, especially at the beginning, as this sort of like naive, um, fun, uh, dreamer 
and he is really great as the too young to be world weary, like twenty one year old basically. Yeah. Um, man, I I was just Callie and I. The movie finished and we looked at each other and we were like, wow, I was not particularly excited to watch this, and I'm so glad that we watched this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Meg Ryan's talent as an actress was unlocked by working with a comedian. Ah, I think I agree. There's a big difference to me. Yeah. Uh, and people hear me, like, I don't want to unpack this, between Billy Crystal and Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks is funny, and he's known for being a funny person. Tom Hanks is not a comedian. Right, right. There is something about the wit of and the possibility a true of- comedian. Yeah, of being like, hey- it is a thin line between what I think might be scripted and improvisational from Billy sure. Crystal in this movie. Yeah, sure. And I was, I think that's what's so impressive about Meg Ryan to me is when she'll meet her talent. Like she just kind of yeah. came up to what Billy Crystal was dishing out and it I suits agree. her better, I think. Specifically the the pecan pie scene in the yeah. museum. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Because he, he improv that little mm -hmm. bit and she like just goes with it. Just so charming. Like, she's so yeah. she is so charming. charming. Is the perfect. And I I have realized as I have uh, as I have grown older and wiser. Um, no, something that I've realized is that charm, I think, is that X factor that people talk about all the time. It's sort of like not you're not really able to put your finger on charm. It's hard to nail down what is charming and what isn't because I think something can be charming from one person and not charming from another. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling has that charming quality um we've talked about emma stone has a very charming there's just a charm that radiates from people when they're they're on and in their element doing the right thing and meg ryan just absolutely and billy crystal they both are so charming in so would movie. you say that like charmingness would be a syn like for a synonym for likability you know what I mean? like do you it's, like that person i'm trying to think yes like what no. is a person so, who's not who's good at their job but not charming to you I'll, all rectangles are all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares, right? And this like, is a triangle of emotions. So it's a very geometric show to, so far. To, to me, it feels like um, a charming person is probably going to be likable. Okay. I don't know that I feel like so like Emma all Stone, likable people are charming. Emma Stone is charming and likable. Right. Is there somebody who's likable but not charming? Um, yeah, Michael Sarah is a perfect example. We talked about him in Mini Monday yesterday. I think Michael Sarah tends to be and play usually, maybe not Scott Pilgrim, we'll get there, but usually <laughs> to display likable characters who are anything yeah. but charming. Yeah. Okay. I think I would describe like charm in movies. There's there's probably a difference between charm in movies and charm in real life. Absolutely. Yeah. I think charm in movies actually starts to cross that line a little bit of some, some level of realism. There's yeah. something about Meg Ryan that makes me feel like she was just put here. You know, yeah. she's like, yeah. she's acting the part really well, but then also it's like, we just happen to have the camera on to catch I this. I could know that person. Yeah, I, I think could you know are her. dead on. I think you yeah. are absolutely right. Yeah, it, and specifically yeah. with that scene, the pecan pie in the museum, uh, I'm sure you, you read about this, but she has a moment where she laughs and looks to the side. She's looking at the director, Rob Reiner, because she laughed and that wasn't scripted to laugh that hard. Yeah. And he very quickly was like, no, 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 keep going. And so yeah. she just falls right back into it, which even then is a testament to how improvisational she was yeah. meeting billy with that but yeah i think that's great can i can i share a morbid moment with you guys i'd love that sure yeah. so there's something that happens for me there speaking of charm what we've done is we have some just technically these were actors our interview moments that we have oh yeah that are separating 
our time frames. Yeah, uh, and it's separating really, our settings. Really brilliant framing device for this movie, it's by fun. the way. Is is actual stories? Oh wow! But it's it's not told by the people that actually had those stories. It's just told by actors, gotcha. older actors. Anyways, we're in the middle of this, and I don't know how long I've been this morbid. And I don't know why I think it. Chelsea makes fun of me because it goes two ways. Like I'll do this thing like where Chelsea and I are moving recently. So like yeah. four weeks ago, I'd be like, babe, we're only five Mondays. We have five Mondays left in this house. Can you believe it? <laughs> five Mondays. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do this kind of stuff all the time, but I also do it on the dark scale. I'm watching this movie from 1989 that has these elderly couples between yeah. each of these. And I'm like, they're all dead. Yeah. Every single one of these people that I'm watching right now, guaranteed that dead. Yep. They're all gone. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I had that thought at the New Year's party of, yeah. of Carrie Bradshaw and Bruno, what's his name? You you just did it again. You meant to do it, right? I meant to do it that time. Okay, oh. yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. That was an intentional Carrie Bradshaw. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Intentional gotcha. Wii Sports in the city. Uh, but every, but like the romantic couple that's not Bruno, Harry or Sally. Bruno Kirby, yeah. Yeah, Carrie Bradshaw, Bruno Kirby. Mm-hmm. Have we said that we're talking about Carrie Fisher yet? Have we Carrie mentioned Fisher. that we mean Carrie Fisher? The, it is Carrie Fisher. The princess. Yes. But I thought that was a great framing device. And then we then we have the two of them at the end. And the reason I bring that up uh, alongside talking about improvisational skills is that that completely, them talking about getting married was completely improv. That was wow. not scripted. No way. And it was one take. Then wow. I think chocolate sauce on the side is... Yeah, it's really good. I got good. chills because it was such a good yeah. way to end the movie. Oh, it was so good. And I think the I think the two of them, I wish I knew the order in which some of these scenes were filmed. It feels like they went ahead and did that at the very end. And they sure. were just they were just on fire. I yeah. think they they could have they could have put anything into the world mm-hmm. at that point because of the chemistry that they had built in the filming of this movie. Um and I I really enjoyed the end. I did that. I did as well. I think something that I am learning, and I'm happy to learn it is that I enjoy the talents and the art of Rob Reiner immensely. Yep. Yeah, dude. 100%. Completely. I mean, whatever sensibilities he is bringing to his directing, writing, I mean, whatever he's doing, I'm eating it up. Is there a scene where that is, is kind of localized? So, I mean, first of all, I think the framing device is brilliant. The framing device yeah. of the old couples separating out the time is really different. Or mm-hmm. is, is, is really, um, um, that's where his, a lot of his sensibility is evident to me of like putting into perspective what's really going on here. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But for me, there's two scenes in particular that I thought were just brilliant filmmaking. One was them watching Casablanca together. Did you on know? On separate couches. The inspiration for that is what Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal used to do every night. Wait, really? They used to talk on the phone while they watched movies together. And so I love that. Amazing. I didn't read that. Rob was amazing. like, yeah, we'll just, we'll put that in the movie for Harry and Sally to do. That's so good. The best scene in the entire movie for me, like, like just as far as filmmaking goes, is uh, our two couples phoning each other while Carrie yep. and, uh, what's his name, Brian? Just Brian uh, Kirby. Kirby? Yeah, the Bruno. actor's name is. Yeah, actually Bruno. Bruno's character's name is yeah. Jess. Uh, yeah, Jess and Marie are in bed together and Harry calls Jess and Sally calls Marie and they're having two separate conversations, but they're really having three separate conversations. Yeah. That whole you, scene synced did up. Did you read about perfect. how they made that in the mm-hmm. trivia? No, I didn't. That's a live set. The phones are actually connected to each other. Wow. And so we're shooting with 
at least three cameras on all of these people yeah. at the same time. So this is uh, in stark contrast to the single take chocolate sauce on the side. Right. This took 61 takes to get Jeez. it right. Because you have to get all, like everybody has to be saying their lines at the same, at the right speed, listening to each other, but also not listening to each other. Right. And then the end is the the from left to right across the stream, the boom, 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 hanging up phones across the screen like that. Rob Reiner says that uh, we got it right on the 54th take, but then Bruno Kirby flubbed his final line. Oh. So they had to start over and keep doing it. It's multiple pages in the script. Wow. You can't cut anywhere in it. It took them 61 takes wow. to get that right. It, that scene Worth. is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that, to me, that is when you want to talk about Rob Reiner and his. I was I was hoping that's what you were referring to. Yeah, Th- those are two. And, and it's funny they both involve phones. He the way he shows phone calls is really interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he because it's almost like he brings the people on the phone into the same room together. He does that twice in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I I just wh- whatever he's whatever he's cooking. I'm I'm digging the smell. Yeah. Yeah, the phones, I'm glad we brought that up because the phones to me feel like simultaneously timeless and a time stamp. Yep, yeah, uh, and completely. And there is, there's some wonderful nostalgia that comes from that, that you, that uh, nostalgia doesn't exist in the moment, right? You don't get sure. nostalgia until you wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that we have like the corded phones and the way that we're communicating with all that, there is something that takes you back to, even to like watching Seinfeld and Friends and like all the movies that had, a lot are all the shows or films that had these scenes. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is clearly the 80s and 90s. It makes me think of my grandparents' so house. They had a they had a kitchen phone with a cord so long you could walk into the living room with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Just Did take it coil? It yep. Yep. Was it like one of those curly ones? Yeah. Yep. Makes me think of that. So that feels like I think the way we're all going to feel in 30 years when we see things like people texting mm-hmm. and the text comes up on the screen like that. I think we're gonna feel warmly toward that the same way we do toward these analog corded phones of like, oh, mm-hmm. that, I didn't even realize how nostalgic that would make me for the time in which that was the way we communicated with each other. Yeah, that'll be interesting. In, in a few weeks, uh, we'll be talking about uh, another movie. We'll t- be talking about Crazy Rich Asians. And I know y'all haven't seen that. I have not. Uh, but Mm-mm. it does play with, and does well, I think, play with the showing the text on the screen. Like it, it's shooting someone looking at their phone and we're kind of getting creative sure. how to read that. Yeah. And it's funny how, yeah, communication technology influences, mm. especially I think romance movies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's why you get a lot of, I mean, there's literally, you've got mail, an entire movie about the concept of the email, the, of email, but specifically one thing about email is the, t- I don't know. It, yeah. You're right. I think communication. You've got and mail. Forms of, Forms of uh, distant communication mm-hmm. yeah. is uh, so important for romance movies. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, and I think communication is like the only action you can take, right? right? Like like in when we go see Fast and Furious with lasers, sure. there's an almost infinite number of things our characters can do to and with and instead of and for each other. Sure. Yeah. But in a rom com, it's like you can talk or run through the city or, or go on sports. a date. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, something else which is good to bring up here is this movie is so dialogue heavy and all of it is very real. Mm -hmm. Um, There were maybe 
there, I think there were a couple of scenes that felt written, quote unquote, like felt very movie. But by and large, particularly with Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, the dialogue felt like two people talking and falling in love over time. Yeah, absolutely. That's impressive. I loved this movie was uh, something that excited me because when you hear, you know, seminal classic rom-com, you expect to see a lot of the same ingredients of yep. other big rom-coms. But there was something about this one that to me was just a completely unique experience. It feels like yeah. nobody's even tried. Because our, I think our antagonist is our protagonist. Correct. Yeah. Which is so fun. It's just the fact that they are oblivious or they're just missing it. Like yep. they, they're not really seeing it yet. Uh, because there really is no, while they had other relationships, those relationships are almost entirely off screen. Like those people aren't in the way. Yeah. Those people aren't trying to 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 be the the speed bumps here. Nope. And I think I think that dialogue is really what pulls it off really well. One of the yeah. great decisions that Rob Reiner made. This is our second Rob Reiner movie on two chunks, by the way. You know what the other one is? Princess Bride, baby. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Maybe we can do Spinal Tap someday. We can do a mockumentary mm, series. That'd be fun too. Um, we could do a series called Ryan Robber. <laughs> one of the great uh, decisions that Rob Reiner made, and it was almost my super pump, uh, is uh, to kind of show how oblivious they were to how much they should have been together uh, and the recognition that, hey, you're kind of unlocking each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel like there's a need mm -hmm. here? Is placing them in these beautiful environments that they also seem oblivious to. Yep. Uh, we're catching the park at the best time of the year. Uh, the lights hitting just right at the museum. You know, like all these things, yeah. everything around them is setting the stage for them to just go ahead and love each other. Mm -hmm. And they just continue not to. miss to. it. And, I, and it seems yeah. like really, everybody really enjoy around that. them is also, what are you doing? What's your deal, yeah. man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, I, they're standing out in yes. multiple ways. Are and I think out there, is, there is something so um, tasty about the way that Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron decided to make us and them just wait. We just sat and waited so that every yeah. inch forward, it's like, oh, it's like that dissonance and that dissonant chord in music that hurts but feels good at the same time. Like every yeah. little scoot forward. And something I noticed, and there, there is a chance that I missed it. Um, I was really trying to pay attention about the second or third time I noticed it popping up. I could have missed it. I am pretty sure we never hear the lyrics to It Had to Be You until the very end of the movie. But the song comes up about a dozen times just on the mm. piano. Harry mm. Connick. And then love some Harry Connick. Finally. Right? Finally at the end, he sings the song. And it's, yeah. I, for me at least, I was like, I've been waiting on these lyrics for yeah. an hour and 40 minutes at this point. Yeah. Um, this Everything so about this, yeah. I'm glad y'all had the super pumps of the chemistry of our two actors because everything about them is is saturated in the way that this movie was made. It is this like realism. It is this uh, just kind of the timing of everything. Mm -hmm. It's just all about the actors and and the platform that they've been given, and they kill it. This is like it for Billy Crystal, right? This yeah. is his only, uh, at least playing a lead in a romantic comedy that I know of. Yeah. And then he yeah. was done. I, I kind of love that. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> I think he just called his shot. He did it and he just said, All right, 
I'm going to go out on a high note. I'm going to be a, a, I'm batting a thousand. Well, Billy Crystal also strikes me just through his whole career as somebody who is very discerning in the things that he chooses to do. Yeah. And my guess is he looked at this and there's no way he didn't get phone calls after this to come do another rom-com. Exactly. He did. In 1995, he did a movie called Forget Paris, written and directed by Billy Crystal, starring Billy Crystal. What? Yep. Interesting. interesting. I'm checking out his top four on IMDb. Boy, I'm glad we didn't try him in extra credit yesterday. (laughs) Pretty tough. Can I see if I can do it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, try it. Monsters Incorporated. Bong bong. Amazing. City (laughs) Slickers. Bing bing. Um... When Harry Met Sally. Bing, bing, bing. Billy, Billy, what you doing, Billy? What's happening, Billy? Billy, where'd you go? Come back to Billy. me, Billy. Come back Billy, to me, baby. Billy. Billy, baby, where you Billy, at? Baby, I'm right here. I got that sound you're looking for, Billy. Come on. Billy, baby, where are you? Monsters Incorporated is not. Isn't it no, wild? Sir. Doesn't it hurt every time? <laughs> and don't you just get hung up on that? You're like, yeah, I'm I got say, a I'm good just, plan. I'm going to say Princess Bride. Bong, bong. SNL? Bong, bong. Five guesses. All right, I'm out. What was the other two? Number one, other Forget three, Paris. Oh, no, wow. he got two of them, right? Oh, he did. Number one is Forget Paris, 1995. Written Number two, City story. Slickers. Number two, City Slickers, 1991. Number three, When Harry Met Sally, 1989. And number four, Analyze This, 1999. Interesting. <laughs> How funny is that? All right. Hard, huh? Okay. Not a fun hard. game, huh, Carter? <laughs> Make you feel dumb, huh, Carter? Make you feel, feel stupid, huh? Um, I don't feel dumb. I bet I got more. I bet I got more than y'all would have gotten. I don't think y'all would have gotten City Slickers. We would not have gotten City Slickers. We would have gotten when Harry met Sally and would have said, "Bing, that's in there." We would have said Monsters Incorporated. We'd be like, "Crap!" <laughs> I guess I it's Monsters University, and we would have guessed that, <laughs> yep. and then had nothing else. Yep. It was one of the seventy-two cassette tapes hanging on the back of our coat closet wall when I was <laughs> growing up. And I just knew the whole library because I was fascinated by the spines of old VHS tape. Incredible. But they had city slickers. And I never got to watch it because it was too crude. I will say, young man Billy Crystal, supposed to be 21 years old, unsettling nah, to look at. It that, was bad that to boy, look at. That boy is not 21. This man was already late 30s when, he, when this movie was made, right? Yeah. It or was, was he like 41? He was 41, I think. Really? There was like a 13-year difference between him and Meg Ryan in this movie. It was unpleasant to look at him mm-hmm. playing yeah. a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. The sideburns, no bueno. Now, there's there's a lot of scenes that that we'll I'm sure we'll we'll dive into more specifically as we move forward. I do just want to say, Carrie Fisher is always the right choice. Oh, Doge disagrees. Carrie Fisher is my super dump. What? Listen. Carrie Fisher's also my super dump. What? Are you crazy? Carrie Fisher is wonderful as the princess of Alderaan, Leia Organa, and that's it. I think she was pretty bad in this. I think we were talking about a lot of these scenes feel like real conversations, but there's just a couple that feel like they were written and practiced, read off a page, practice, 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 and it feels more like a play, like a performance than a conversation. I think every single one of Carrie Fisher's scenes feels that way. Oh, full disagree. Full disagree. I am I'm out on Carrie unless she's being Princess Leia. And I think that's because those scripts 
are kind of bad scripts and everybody has bad dialogue and they're they were weird people talk weird in Star Wars so it doesn't stick out as much but yeah I was not impressed I, here I'm, I'm gonna take my shot I'm I'm not nearly a metaphor uh God quite like the two of you are but Chelsea and I as we're moving are doing this thing uh, there's a lease back period so we've had a lot of time to to get ready for the move so we're doing kind of a a purging of a room by room of going through and being like, what is, there is no point to moving this because we're not ever using this. So let's sell it, let's donate it, let's throw it away, right? We've got these piles. And so uh, let's say I'm trying to purge a room, but I kind of like everything that's in there, like the kitchen. Like the kitchen right now, it's like, that feels like something that we've done really well. Yes, there's uh, a million bowls because everyone Nobody marked on our registry, hey, we bought these, right? Everybody's got <laughs> yeah, 20 of some dish. But then if you're to tell me, okay, but you have to get rid of one of these, of one of these coffee makers. But I say, okay, so this one is the industrial one. We use it every day. Can't get rid of that. Uh, the AeroPress is fun. I love using that. I've got the, I've got the pour over. All of these things I enjoy. The, like... When Harry Met Sally for me was a movie I like a lot, and that happens a lot to where my super dump is never, it's kind of diluted. It's not very strong. And so in this sense, it had, I got to the point and I was saying, nope, keep, keep, even Bruno Kirby. I say, I'm choosing Bruno Kirby over Carrie Fisher, and that's all that was left. Because this is so dialogue-centric, and each frame is gorgeous just about, all that was left was our actors, and there was really just four of them. And so I said, Carrie Fisher felt the weakest to me. I felt like if there was of those four, one that was the most replaceable and either made that movie just as good or better, it was Carrie Fisher. Especially for 1989, you're telling me you can't go get one of the supporting actresses out there or lead actress and just throw her into the Carrie Fisher role and this movie's better? I think it can be. That's my argument. So I don't hate Carrie Fisher in this movie. She just had to, I have to do, I have to super dump something. It had to be you, right? I think it had to be. I, I agree that of our four quote unquote leads, she's the weakest. I loved her. I thought her jokes were hilarious about. I didn't hate her. The, the, she, he's never going to leave his wife. Nobody thinks that. Yeah, you're right. The, the repetition there was hilarious. She killed me on, I want you to know, I'm never going to want to keep that table. <laughs> so good. The I, wagon wheel table. Yeah, funny. I thought her deliveries were great. I really liked her. I really enjoyed her. I was about to talk big stuff about how their friends made this movie better for me. So I'll just keep all that to myself because it's time for shout announcements anyway. Welcome to shout announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Listen. Hey, was that just a really percussive Jordan Wonders or was that an attempt at a Billy Crystal? It was not even a, an attempt at Billy Crystal at all. Good. I'm glad. It was Good. just a thing. thing. I was like, oh no, is he trying? Bless his, bless his heart. No, I didn't I didn't swing for a Billy there. That was just sort of a That's a, a dangerous. That's a hard one to swing that was, for. That was, a, that was a silly crystal. That wasn't a Billy Crystal. That no, was just a silly. You got to Silly's always safer than Billy. Yeah, always. Uh listen. <laughs> If you're listening to our show, first of all, thank you. Second of all, I love you. And third of all, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your siblings and your cousins, tell your enemies. Is they, Okay, is this a Billy Crystal? Nope, still not a Billy Crystal. Okay. That one's just, I want to encourage our, our people to tell their people 
about the show. That was Billy. That was a oh, good Billy yeah. Crystal. That was Billy Crystal. And that was if there's really, one thing was, I love, I love about that Billy, was Billy Crystal Cosby <laughs> is that he sounds exactly like that. That was Billy Cosby. One hundred Billy Crystal. It. I want to erase loves it. <laughs> Jello and being an all around bad Talking person. And being in jail. <laughs> being in jail. Did you see? Did you see? Hang on. Did you see that he was going to get a little bit of legal leniency if he agreed to go to therapy? And he was like, no, I'm a man. Man, don't go to therapy and just to stay in jail longer than rather than see a therapist. Dude, I don't want to talk about Bill Cosby. Wow. Yeah, we've given him too much of a platform. What we do need to give a platform to is what Carter's about to say, which is coming right now. Hi, welcome to platform nine and three Carters. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> that was really good. All right, that's all I've got. Next. No. Hey, we have- Hold on, uh, Carter. I've been working on just a really quick song to throw in your part, if that's okay. Do it. <clears throat> you teach me and I'll teach you Patreon. Oh. Gotta catch them all, Patreon. If you want to catch all of our polls- if you want to catch all of our bonus episodes, you need to become a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. I can tell you there's a $3 tier that gets you all of that. Then you've got the $5 tier. And what the $5 tier does is you have all the same stuff, but you also have a Discord chat with those super chunkies out there. And we're kind of talking about everything. I think it's going to be, uh, within the next month, it'll be full of Fast 9 takes. Obviously. Uh, and just a lot of us trying to kind of recover from, I'm sure, what is going to be... Uh, a wild experience. For instance, um, last night I just had to let one of our uh, dear Patreon friends down about a concert I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. See, we can just talk a little bit about everything. Uh, there is some content that's on its way, maybe not on its way out, but there's not as much of it, which I'm encouraged by. I'm not even going to say its name, uh, but uh, glad that it's it's on its way out. I am too. That's all I'm going to say. I am too. Um, It'll come back. It might come back. Well, you guys uh, have just summoned it now, so thanks. I, I like know. It. Was it like Bloody Mary? Is that the one that's uh, yeah. Yeah. in the mirror? You guys have just basically said Bloody Minion. We Beetlejuiced it. We do. Over over no. over we Beetlejuiced it. We do want to welcome to that Discord channel, Rebecca. Welcome. Coming on up to the $5 welcome. tier. Boop, boop, boop. We also want to welcome to our patrons, our official Chunkies, Trevor. Trevor. One, one of my good, good buds. Thanks to both of you. Lived across the hall from me. When I was 18 years old in college, so about 30 years ago. <laughs> Welcome to Patreon. We're we're very glad to have you here. That is a huge support for us, guys. It's yeah. it's beginning to do some things um, to just kind of pay the bills here out at two chunks, keep, and then also give us opportunities. Two chunks, right? Also give us opportunities to 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 dive right back in uh, to the kind of things that help create content. Which, by the way. I'm pretty sure Patreon, thank you for those tickets to see Fast Thanks 9. for the Fast 9 tickets, guys. Um, <laughs> which uh, maybe we can call our shot now and say, what a perfect time when we're talking about things that we love. Maybe that's our Patreon exclusive episode is Fast and Furious 9. Well, we got it on the calendar already for our main feed. Oh, it's a main feature. That's a Never main mind. feed, boy. We can't deprive that's for people everybody. of something that juicy. That's for everybody. But become a Patreon member so you can hear the sprinkled throughout every episode, at least one joke about Vin Diesel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, our Patreon, our bonus episode feed is kind of Vin heavy, right? <laughs> Always. It should be, though. That's where he belongs, is in the special place. Listen, we know it's a strange time uh, 
I don't know if you guys heard, but 2020 was a bit weird. 2021 has started off kind of strange too. And so if supporting us financially is not your jam, that's fine. Another great way that you can help us out is by rating our show and leaving a review specifically on iTunes. Uh, I know that there are some of you out there actively resisting the Apple uh, ecosystem, and and I appreciate that. We've always got to have options for our consumers. Uh, But the iTunes store is sort of the gold standard as far as reviews and ratings go. Lots of other podcast platforms and podcast aggregators pull their statistics from there. So Unfortunately, it's it's kind of the only podcast rating system currently that matters at all is I, is Apple, unfortunately. That's, that's correct. So For now. If you can find it in the goodness of your heart to leave us a five-star review and a, a wonderfully complimentary rating, I mix those up. But you know what I mean. <laughs> on the Apple on the Apple podcast uh, Rate us good, platform, review us good. Rate us good, review us good. Stars and bars for your boys. Thank you. Good night. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, folks, this is Editing Doge. Quick note before I let you get back to the episode. We actually had a small technical difficulty uh, with one of our microphones, and it cut out a pretty important part of our podcast. Uh, Jordan is in the middle of super dumping right here where I'm going to drop you back in. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. That's fine. You guys, is it Carrie you guys Fisher? going to try and stop me? Oh, my gosh. Is it Carrie you Fisher? You told us we can't do No, anything, it's not Carrie but... Fisher. Um, no, my super dump watching the movie, honestly, is... It feels weird to say it's the main premise of the movie. <laughs> um, my super dump is Harry's thesis statement. I, I don't... I don't like that men and women can't I don't be friends. Like it. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, I, I, yeah. I think that it paints a really weird. It's it's it is a gross mindset to me, and it's it's very outdated. Uh, and I maybe it was plenty well received at the time, and maybe this is just an example of like that particular aspect didn't age well. I just don't like the idea of a movie kind of being based around the idea that men are um, we sport. We sport fanatic animals that can't help but be gross about any woman in their yeah. life. Um, and I know that it is not obviously, it is not shown in a disrespectful way, I don't think. I just, the premise itself was such a hard thing for me to climb on board with that I found myself like resistant to every time it was being challenged in any way. You know what I mean? Like, well, isn't it, I mean, don't we see Harry grow past that though? And then, but, but I feel then like the movie we see them- absolutely proves itself proves its own point. I feel like we that see is them the issue for like me too, the, I feel like we see them be friends though. That's but, what I'm saying. Like I, are, yes they it does get ruined when they sleep together. But I I do see I don't know, I see growth from Harry past no, that because his whole so. deal is that he sleeps with women on the first date every time. That's what he talks about and then is friends with Sally for years. But that's not the conversation. And I think genuinely the conversation genuinely is not interested in the her. Converse, I don't think he ever is uninterested in her. I think that he is being bullheaded. I think that's the whole thing. I, okay. th- I, I, I don't think the conversation they have is ever, 
you can't be around a woman without sleeping with her on the first date. That's not the conversation they're having. The conversation they're having is saying men and women can't be friends without wanting to sleep together. And the movie goes on to prove that correct. Um, and I, I, to me, I just don't like that. Um, it's, it's not something that I think is actually true in any tangible way. I think, uh, but, but most importantly, I just think that it seems like it's going to try and set out to prove that wrong. And then it's like this clock starts ticking and it proves itself right anyway. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's not a movie killing or deflating issue for me at all. More, more so just, I was watching it going, that part didn't age particularly well for me. Yeah, there's there's a part of it that feels like he was right. Yeah. You know? And and at that point it takes away just a little bit what feels like is supposed to be the uniqueness of right. their relationship. For me. Now I do I do love seeing their friendship when it is platonic. And I do think that the lesson learned is that when when the relationship is built on a friendship first, it is far more rewarding. Um, and I think that is sort of like where the movie ends up landing on its own thesis statement. I just don't like the thesis statement to begin with. Yep. I, I, I'm there. I see it. Excellent. Can we talk about... Carrie Fisher sucking oh, so much. We haven't <laughs> ever come up with a word. Let's go ahead and be prepared with the bleep button. We haven't come up with a, in, in with our a Wii, Wii analogy in our Wii for... Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Uh, it's when you turn the vibration on on the controller. <laughs> I thought vibration, but that's just as yeah, bad. It's just as bad. Yeah. I'm thinking hit, eject. Is it when you plug eject, the nun, when you plug the nunchuck? I'm in? thinking ejecting the disc. Yeah, but I I know some people can eject the disc multiple times while they're playing. That's okay. But Wii games probably don't work like that. Uh, undoubtedly the most famous scene of yes. this movie, and one that I remember just kind of being a part of any montage that's about yeah. movies yeah is when Meg Ryan uh fakes winning at Wii winning Sports winning at Wii Sports I like that winning at Wii Sports like yeah that. bowling a 300 <laughs> yeah yeah bowling a 3 she fakes bowling a 300 in the bowl uh yeah. and it is uh it's a funny scene yeah it really is a funny scene and it's going, of course, it feels out of place, and that's her her character's yeah. point, right? To just do that in the middle of the diner. But to me, something else that was interesting about that is it felt like the uh, kind of a turning point for Sally's character of just letting loose a little bit. I don't think that's something she would have done in our first couple of meetings between the two yeah. of them, right? I think this right. is a little bit of Harry. Uh, Kind of having an influence on how she's just kind of comfortable around him, yeah. and and I I didn't expect it to have more meaning to me uh, than just simply being a kind of shocking scene. Yeah, uh, which again, this is also a testament to what I believe, and maybe we all believe to be Meg Ryan's best of what we've seen, at least in the Summer of Love series, uh, of of her kind of taking the reins because that wasn't part of the the scene. Yeah, that, that I, that's something that was her idea. Uh, and I mm. thought it was great. Yep. She suggested that, and Billy Crystal suggested the, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> yes. Which yeah. is great. Um, sure goes on for a long time. <laughs> I think I that's know. the point. Yeah. I think it I has know. to. It's so yeah. funny. Um, and and that's, that's the other thing about this movie that I think succeeds uh, th- through time. 
is it's still very funny, like laugh out loud funny yeah, very at much. multiple parts. Um, and I, I think there's something about, there's something to be said for kind of having a split, a split protagonist. Like it, it is, we're not watching this movie from Harry's perspective. We're not watching it from Sally's perspective. We're just watching both of their stories unfold. Um, and I think it allows a lot of room for both of them to shine at what they're good at. Completely yeah. agree. And I think that um, there's a lot of rom-coms that That's don't good. give that don't give one side of the relationship that same breathing room, that space. And I also feel, by the way, this is just sort of stream of consciousness right now, but it it feels like this movie doesn't idolize either of these people either, or even idealize maybe is a better word. Like neither of them is portrayed as though we are supposed to be like, it's not like Harry's got to get his act together so that he deserves um, Sally or like, like yeah. Sally's got to, right. Sally's got to, you know, learn to love herself so she can love Harry. Like it's just two people bouncing off each other until finally connect. Yeah, well, the movie's really honest about their flaws, right. too. Because I think we can watch it and and intrinsically understand if they had gotten together the night they drove to New Game York City over. from Chicago, they would have yep. broken up. Yeah, they weren't, like, they, they hadn't become the person they were supposed to be to be together right. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to have that kind of sandwich between these testimonials, you know, yeah. that's, they're they're trying to make sure, like, hey, pay attention. Like, there's so many stories that, can be similar and yet unique in their own way. Uh, my super pump, uh, Jordan, right before we did shout announcements, you were talking about kind of the mm-hmm. waiting. And obviously that's the narrative of this movie is just waiting for these two to get together. I feel like uh, one of the things that you have to have in an iconic romance comedy is that profession of love. Totally. Whatever that is. Holding a boombox over your head, uh, you know, the flower petals, anything like that, that's just kind of this over-the-top showing of love. I think they're, and I'm having a hard time finding, so I'm just going to claim it. My super pump is when Harry confesses his love at the New Year's Eve party. That monologue is perfect. Is perfect. Because uh, it is just so aware of both the character of Sally and the relationship that those two have. And these are just the little things, like for those of us that are, you know, I know all of us on the podcast, uh, those hosts, and then I think for a lot of us listeners, if you have experience, if you have that significant other, there are these little things that that are the things that you just love about them that would not necessarily be what everyone else in the world yeah. loves about them. Um, and just for him to bring up all of those, I thought it was perfect. I think this was my, I think this was the best I have ever seen of the end of a romantic comedy when we have the confession of love, I think that's the best for me, uh, the, the best moment that I've seen. And I I, yeah. I thought it was so well acted, incredibly well written, all the credit to writing, uh, just perfect. It was full of that charm that we talked about that we love so much about our leads. I really wish she had responded with something other than I hate you, Harry. I kind of like it. I, I think that's like great it. though. Yeah. I love that. I love that because that's really also what he's talking about. They're confessing both the love and hate that they have for each other, which is a pretty realistic uh, view a lot of the times of of love. You know, there's those things that are just 
that drive you crazy, but you can't not have those. You also kind of adore those things yeah. about about that person. Yeah, it's, so, it's so funny. You know, we use the phrase like fall in love a lot. This movie feels like we're watching two people like trip and tumble accidentally into, <laughs> accidentally in love, you know, like counting crows. Yeah. But So she said, what's the problem, baby? <laughs> what's the problem? I don't know. Well, maybe I'm in love. Uh, love. <laughs> I, I just, it does feel like, Put up a parking lot. It does you know? feel like this movie <laughs> is just about two people trying really hard to not be in love and just accidentally bonking together so many times that their bruises match. And then they're like, well, I guess this is going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Man, I really, I really was surprised by how much I enjoyed this. And again, I think it's because I was afraid that the hype bubble over all of the years of my life had grown too large for this movie to live up. Yeah. Um, but this was this was right. very similar. I think this was this watching experience was most similar to 10 Things I Hate About You for me, where it was like yes. a movie I had heard about, Completely agree. didn't want to watch, wasn't excited about, and then it finished and I was like, whoa, I was missing out and I didn't even know. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was also pretty afraid of that. Uh, these, I feel like Summer of Love typically for me is a lot of movies I've never seen before. I, I acknowledge there's a huge deficit in my movie repertoire in the area of romance and romantic comedies. Uh, and so I was really worried this was going to be that Sweet Home Babalama, that Hitch, that Sleepless in Seattle sure. of like, how do people like this? But it really did. 10 Things I Hate About You is such an apt comparison because I watched it and was like, okay, that's on my short list now. That's in the top five rom-coms yeah. for me. Yeah, this one, this yep. one has proven itself worthy of its reputation in my eyes, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rob Reiner, whether he's directing or uh, acting as Jess's father in the hit meet, 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 new girl, uh, I love him. I love him all the time. Hey, for real, for real, we should do a series called Ryan Robber, and it's all people who are trying to jack Rob Reiner's style. They're trying to be Ryan Robbers. And then Ooh. our Patreon episode can be Spinal Tap. Or our Patreon episode could just be every episode of New Girl where Jack he's in. is in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be great. Great idea, guys. Let us know in the comments if you'd love to hear our Ryan Roberts series. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Hit us with the like. And if you are really generous, you can donate. Give us some free months on Twitch. Hey, guys. Thanks for the views. Did you say hit us with the... Did you say hit us with the lichen? Hit us with the lichen. It's like the kraken, but it's, it's every tentacle is a thumbs up. No, dude, lichens, yeah, lichens are like werewolves. werewolves. Mm -mm. In, not in this, I think, not in this, not in this mythology. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It's a lichen. It's like I don't a want to be hit with a lichen. It's like a kraken, but mythology. he's got, he's got twelve thumbs up coming off his big squid head. It is head. clearly time to rate this movie. <laughs> no, I think this is a good conversation. We're on. Topic. It's podcast gold. No, it's time to rate it, and we're going to do that using science. Okay, the scientific cinema scale. Okay, it's perfect, and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it. Then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. Um, I'll go first. I think I'm buying the poster for When Harry Met Sally. It really knocked my socks off. Um... And I, I think a, a large part of that is the gulf between my expectation and what was delivered to me. 
Um, but also I think it just stands on its own. And I think that it, it is still somehow unique. It doesn't really feel like, um, anybody has really tried to fully step to that particular flavor. Um, it just blew me away. I was really impressed. I thought it was great. I, I got the warm fuzzies. I got, uh, it, it, it charmed me straight, straight backwards. Uh, I think I'm buying the poster. I think I'm comfortable with that. I've never seen Carter think this hard about his rating for a movie. Where's that Phantom Menace energy? Where you just run in there like, I don't care what people think. I don't care that this is dumb. I'm buying the poster. I'm telling you, man, it hit that. <laughs> hey, shout out to, like, if you're between the ages of nine and like 11 and a half, there's something that's going to come out this year that's going to change your life. <laughs> exactly. And shout out to you, guys. Like, it's going to be something. I don't know what it is yet. Love what you love, even when your friends bully you. But it's going, it will change your life and you need to stand your ground one, one I'm gonna, tier. I'm going to buy When Harry Met Sally. Uh, I'm going to give it a good solid purchase, support of My American Dollars. It's a great mm-hmm. flick. Mm-hmm. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I know we'll cut out some of the silence, but this is the longest I've taken to, uh, to rate a movie. And honestly... Even though, so I had a super dump and it was an actor in this movie. It was Carrie Fisher. Who? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. Sorry, sorry, Carrie Bradshaw. From when Harry met Sally in the city? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But even that, you know, I said was not just a definitive super dump. She was fine. I can't find any other reason not to. Really, I can't find another reason not to buy the poster. There's not much more that would make this movie a better experience sure. for me. And in that sense, I'm going to buy the poster. I'm going to buy the poster for When Harry Met Sally. And I, I really didn't expect that I would do that. I felt really comfortable with a buy, but I want to make sure that I'm not avoiding buying the poster just to do that, just to not do do it so big. So I'm I'm going to buy the poster. I really don't see hardly anything wrong with this movie. And uh, if it's if it's timeless after... More than 30 Odds years. Are it's going to stay that way. Uh, I feel like it's going yeah. to stay that way. I think it's going to stay as a firm, uh, iconic rom-com. Yeah, I think so too. Because there are, yeah, I, think, I you're think, right. think you're right, Jordan. I think there's a lot of elements that are just not, have not been really repeated personally. And honestly, yeah, Billy Crystal. Oh, Krilly Bistol. Yep. Well, next week, uh, we're going to hit the uh, third place in our vote voted on by you our dear listeners uh and that movie will be scott pilgrim versus the world um yep. very excited uh it, it is much like doge the one movie in this series i had seen previous to yeah. beginning so i'm 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 excited to watch it again i love this movie um but it's, yeah, it's been a minute it. since i've watched it so i'm excited about that um so make sure you check it out and tune in also, if you haven't seen the stuff that Edgar Wright is working on right now, just go take a peek at his IMDb because it's going to get wild. Yep. Diving into yeah, the horror. It's going to be nuts. He's also doing a documentary right now as well. He's just trying to hit all I the love genres, it. man. I'll watch anything. <laughs> he's, he's getting all the Infinity Sounds great stone, to me. Man. Soon he'll be unstoppable. Uh, much like I will because, uh, you know, my second dose of the vaccine is finally kicked in. I'm immune. I can't die. Remember that if uh, you've loved this past hour or so, or even if you've hated it, go ahead and subscribe to our show. That way you'll be notified when new episodes release. Uh, Don't forget about that rate and review. That's a big help to us. We didn't forget about you people that felt pretty middle of the road about it too. You can subscribe as well. You can also, no matter how you feel about it, 
you can have what Grab we're your having. friend's phone. Subscribe from their phone too. Subscribe them. Subscribe anybody. Yeah. I wish there was like a, I wish there was like a malware link we could send the people that when they clicked it, Ooh, it a just automatically subscribed them to our podcast. Like it was just like, Ooh, we were just like, yeah. oh no, I found these pictures of you from high school. Is this really you? I would get these off the internet. And then just like a link. What if we get, <laughs> what if we can send an email that says fun, sexy podcasters in your fun, area, sexy podcasters and, in your area, click here. And everybody's going to click that. And then they would subscribe them to our show. For I think for meet, a lot of meet sexy podcasters in your area. Like for for Callie, it would have to be like it would be like illegally cute dog pics. Click here. Mm. What if we say we're very small S M O L podcast boys? Then I would have to throw very up in small, my mouth and go to jail <laughs> if I said that. Very small illegally cute podcasters in your area. I like that. I like that a lot. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what the suspicious link would have to say in order for you to click it. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan. Wonders. And I think if the link said something like, uh, psst, free soft pretzels for the rest of your life at this link, I'd probably click it, even if I was suspicious about it. I'm Doge, and all it would take is a single email that the subject line was, act now to get free shipping. I don't know on what. I would just, I would click it because you can't afford to lose money on things like that. And if I even a little bit want it, I'll be like, okay. And I'm saving money because it would get it's here fast cheaper. and for free. It's cheaper. It's cheaper so now's the time. Not buy it. I think for me, I'm Carter, first of all. I think that too. It would have to really be one of those clickbait things. That's like someone was really attractive, but see them now. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you won't believe what Vin Diesel looks like after yeah, quarantine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't believe. Number six will you shock you. You won't believe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember Carrie Bradshaw? You won't believe what she looks like now. You know what? I am kind of a sucker for that kind of thing. The like, you won't believe this thing. And I'm like, but almost out of spite. Almost like yeah, because oh, like oh, oh I bet I will. Bet. Yeah, watch how easy I believe you this. Stop me from believing this. Oh, I already saw that photo. Watch how trusting I am. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.